Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Hi there. Welcome to episode 112 of Martha Runs the World. I'm going to cover what could go wrong on the trail. Not that we want things to go wrong, but we should be prepared if things head south. But first, I want to go over a couple things that I think of are I think that are of importance. If I could talk, that would be great. First, there on the website, I'm I'm going to post again the GoFundMe page for Rob Rhodes. So, if you want to donate to his fund to help fight his cancer. Rob is the owner and race director of Bay Trail Runners, and he's a really cool guy. So if you want to donate and help him out, that would be terrific, and I'll have the link there again. And also, if you want to sign a petition to get races back in California, I'll have the petition for that as well. A lot of the other states are having races, and baseball games are coming back, and Disneyland is opening again, so we should be able to run races, right? Yes, we should. Things should open up again. Okay, now that business is done. Did you ever see the movie about the guy who was out hiking all on his own on this really dangerous remote trail and a big boulder fell on his arm? And he was in such a remote place. He was out there for days and days and he eventually had to hack off his arm with a Swiss army knife was based on the book Between a Rock and a Hard Place. The movie is called 127 Hours. It's a great movie, by the way, and a great book. But that's how long he was stuck underneath that rock. He did a lot of things wrong. He did almost everything wrong. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today. How to be prepared if things go wrong on the trail. And we're going to talk about being more prepared than he was. If you read the book, and it's a really good one, as I said, you'll understand how his life and his attitude towards life changed after that experience. And we certainly hope so, right? But this episode is not about Aaron Ralston, the uh, man who experienced it. It's about you and me and the attitudes we have about um, the outside and about our long runs and how we can make our adventures less dramatic and just keep them fun. Challenging and hard. Challenging and hard is great, but yeah, let's not get boulders crashing on us and being stuck out there with nothing, if at all possible. <laughs> if you're going to be very close to home and only doing a couple miles, or if you're probably safe and you don't have to take too many precautions, and that's fine. But what if you, your long run is 15 or 20 or more miles and you're going to be out most of the day by yourself? Or maybe you and your friends are going to go out and be gone for a long time. Or you're going to be in a remote area. You have to prepare for that. I'm going to go over some things that we can do if we're out with on our own or with others. We're not helpless. We can prepare if things do go south. I'm not saying to hope that this happens, though, but what if they do? And what could happen? Okay, we've already proven that, yes, a boulder could fall on us. You could trip and fall down a steep hill. 
you could get bit by a poisonous snake. You could get stung by yellow jackets. If you know that you are allergic, then you probably prepare already. You could come face to face with a mountain lion or a bear. You could get so lost that you have to spend the night alone outside. You could suffer from dehydration because you didn't bring enough water. You could, well, well uh, instead of just listing all the things that could happen, let, let's talk about being prepared. This episode isn't about scaring you, but it's about preparation. Yes, you cannot be prepared for 100% of the things that can happen, but you can be aware of the area you're going to and what to expect when you're there. And as I said, the short daily run around a trail that you know that's two or three miles, it's not really as big of a deal, but... It's the long, long backwoods roads and, of course, the big treks go past. Sorry about that. It's a long, long backwoods trails that you may not even see another person that you really have to take a lot of precautions for. Preparation is key, no matter if you're by yourself or with others. Now, first, before you leave, and even a few days before you leave, you have to prepare. You have to study the map, and you can look up the map online, and that's fine, but take a paper copy of the map. Print up a paper copy if you don't have one. It's always good to have it on paper. I always try to take a printed copy of the map. I know sometimes I haven't, and I got lucky the last time in that I still had GPS on my on my phone, so that was on service on my phone, so that was really good, but a lot of times you don't, so take a paper copy of a map. Um, study where you're going to know the kind of terrain it is. Look at the weather. Yes, weather isn't always accurate. I always call you know accuweather inaccuweather because it's hardly ever right in this part of the world. If the weather says a big rainstorm is going to come in, be prepared for that. If the rainstorm doesn't happen, you're okay. If it does happen, you're prepared. Double check your supplies. Make sure if there are sightings of mountain lions or bears in the area you're going to, maybe the tr- maybe they closed off the trail. Sometimes that happens in some parts of the Rockies. If they have bear sightings, they'll close the trails off. So you have to check, you have to make sure, and you have to be careful. You have to have something to carry your supplies in. And I'm not talking about a big backpack. We're talking we're trail running here. A vest is good. I mean, some people like waist packs. If you're going on a long trip, I don't think they're big enough. I like a vest, but you have to decide for yourself what you want. Do you want bottles or do you want a bladder? I used to like bottles. I used to really like the ultimate direction with the hard-sided bottles. I loved that. But then ultimate direction went all soft-sided bottles, and I hate the soft-sided bottles. I really don't like them. Do you hear me? Ultimate direction, I don't like the soft-sided bottles. Sorry. They fall out. They're flimsy. They break. Not a fan. So I I switched to Nathan's with the bladder in the back, and I really love that. And I just put water in. I don't put any mix or anything in that because I, I don't really like cleaning it. I get kind of lazy, and I don't like that. If I want to take Something like with none or something, I'll take an extra bottle with that. But I usually just put water in the bladder. But you have to decide what you want. And you have to figure out how much water to take with you. 
I think a lot of newer trail runners get inspired by seeing Courtney or Jim Walmsley running with just a water bottle, a handheld water bottle, and that's all. And they think that's all they need to take for a very long run. Well, you know, they have whole teams supporting them, giving them food, giving them supplies, giving them everything. Even on a hundred miler, they do. So unless you have a whole team su- supporting you and, and passing you fresh supplies and fresh water and stuff like that, you're going to need to take a whole lot more than a handheld bottle if you're going out for a long time. If it's just a quick five-miler, you don't need more. But if you're going out for 15 or 20 miles, you need a whole lot more than just a handheld bottle. Now, if the area you're going to has a lot of water, has a lot of water fountains or stores, or you're doing circles around your car on a trail, then you don't need to do that. A lot of areas out in the in the backwoods or like where I go, they don't there's not a lot of water places to get water. There's no stores, there's no nothing. And keep in mind that if you just do circles and stop at your car, the temptation to stop early becomes greater with every loop you make. So you have to have a lot of really mental fortitude not to stop early. I I would imagine that that would be tough. It would be very easy just to say, oh, I've done two loops. I don't need to do the third and stop like five miles early. I like a vest with a lot of space. I take public transportation up to the trails that I go to, so I need to have a lot of extra space for my snack after my run, for extra water and extra things. So I probably need more space than other people. But if you're going a long ways, you need to take a few extra things. And each hydration system has its plus and minuses, so you have to figure out what you like. If you like bottles, if you like bladder, every, everything's different. Some people have a lot of water around them, so they don't have to take a lot of water with them. If you're up in an area like Washington State or something with a lot of streams, you can take one of those filter pens with you, and you can filter the water as you go so you don't have to take the water with you. That's awesome. We don't have that down here. There's not a whole lot of extra water in the streams outside of just after a rainstorm. You'll also have to take into account how much nutrition you need. If you can live off tailwind for the first 10 miles or so, you might be good to not have to take too much. If you're like me and have to eat real food, you might have to take a little bit more. If you decide to take a vest that has a little room, it would be a really good idea to take a small first aid kit with you. It doesn't have to be bulky or carry a lot of things, but there's some things that I really find handy to take with me, and this is what I take in mind. And I take it in a small sandwich Ziploc baggie. It doesn't take up much space at all, and it's real lifesaver. I haven't had to use much of it, but I have had to use a few things. Then I take a couple Band-Aids, some sunscreen, a little baggie of petroleum jelly, some ibuprofen tablets, some Benadryl, a couple antacid tablets, a couple handy wipes, and toilet paper. And you can get sample sizes of these or put other things in small little snack size Ziploc baggies. And that way you also have extra Ziploc baggies if you need them to take out trash, if there's no trash bags or anything like that. I also have a high-pitched whistle that I got out of an old Ultimate Direction vest that I have, and I stash that away because you never know when you're going to need that. And what happens if you fall down 
a ravine or a gully and you can't get back up, you can shout for a while, but that whistle will alert people for a lot longer and a lot farther than your voice can. It'll carry a lot more. Like I said, I also mentioned taking a printed map. Okay. We'll be right back. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Your GPS may be down, so you may not have access to it. Think about taking a compass with you, and before you do, of course, learn how to use that compass, because it won't be any good if you don't know how to use it. So think about taking it a uh, orientation class to use to learn how to use a compass. That may come in very handy for you. Now, these are a few other things you can take. I always wear a hat when I'm out hiking or trail running. I always do. If it's really cold, I'll wear a a wool hat, but I usually wear a trucker's cap because it keeps my head protected. And if it's warm, I can pour water on my head without taking my hat off. Plus, it protects my head from the sun. It protects my face from the sun. Sometimes you can't wear sunglasses if you go into, if you go from the sun into right underneath the shade of trees, because then you can't see, so you have to take off the sunglasses. You don't have to do that with a cap. With a cap, you're always protected. Also, what you might want to dash in if you're going to be gone for a long time, just in case, is a headlamp. You never know, especially if it's not in summertime when there's a lot of sun. If you're out and it's winter or if it's fall or spring, you might want to take that because you never know if you're going to be gone an extra hour or two and the trails get dark. You're in deep trouble if you don't have a headlamp. Windproof jacket is always good if it's a little chillier and you get you can wear that when you first get to the trail and stash it away in the pack, especially a cheap one. Yeah, okay, you could spend $200 at Patagonia and get a really nice fancy one or you could get spend 20 to 30 bucks on a cheap one at Amazon and then also stash that away. It doesn't cost much. <laughs> you can get a nice I got one for I think 25 bucks from Amazon and it folds up into the size of my fist, is, and it's really small, and it doesn't take much room at all, and it protects you. It also protects me from rain, too, if I need it. Safety blanket. Now, I don't have this, but this is a really good idea. Safety blankets are take up are about the size of, of a small envelope, and they can fit in your pack, and they can really keep you warm at night if it's a chilly night, and you have to stay there in case of an emergency. They're really nice and a good thing to have the other things you can take as well electronic devices you can take a gps device there are lots of extra gps devices from garmin inexpensive ones that cost under 300 dollars that you can take with you that will give you a really nice screen with a map on it and that they may help you along with your printed map that's something extra you might want to do that. I found three maps that three apps. I found three apps that both iPhones and Androids can use. 
These can be pretty good. You can use these in town or on the trail. They're pretty good. The first one is Life 360. There's both a paid and a free version. It keeps tab on you and your friends list. You can set up points like home and work and make a circle. And the app will send out alerts if they go outside that circle. And I guess you can make a, a point on where you're going to be in the trail. Um, there's another one, Be Safe, with the letter B and safe. And that's free. Let you activate an alarm button that sets off a loud or silent activation. It will notify people in your friends list. You can also use a feature called Follow Me that lets people see you on a map if you want. And that would be very cool when you're on the map. If you're on the trail by yourself, that would be very helpful for your family or your friends. Trusted Friends is a Google app, but it works on iPhones 10.0 and up. Shares locations with, with people you set up in advance. If you're out on the trail by yourself, it's really good to let people know where you're going to go. You, it doesn't have to be exactly, but... It, it doesn't hurt to say on Facebook, well, I'm going to go out to the headlands today for a run. Okay, and everyone knows you're at the headlands for a run. Good. Or you message someone or, or you text someone, I'll be such, at such and such place today for my run. As long as you let one person know the sort of general area, vicinity that you'll be at for your run, that's better. You know, that's that's at least they know where you'll be so that if you don't show up later, they know where to look. The whole point is to just have as a safety measure to alert your friends to let you know where, where you are. That was another thing in Between a Rock and Hard Place. He didn't tell anybody where he was going. He just went out. <laughs> so... I have a tendency not to let people know where I'm going because I'm so independent and by myself. So I need to do that myself. I need to follow my own advice and tell people, well, okay, I'm just going up to the headlands today, or I'm going up to here today, or I'm going to do this today. Just say that so that they know later on, oh, by the way, okay, she's doing this today. All right. That's solo. So when you're solo, you're responsible for yourself, but your friends want to know what's going on, or your family wants to know what's going on if perhaps you don't return when you're supposed to. That's one thing. And you're responsible for all your own things. And when you're in a group, you're also actually res still responsible for your own things. Don't assume that everybody in the group is going to be as responsible as you are. Even if you communicate, even if you talk to each other, somebody may forget something. Somebody may not get the cue Somebody may not understand this is what you need to do. So don't assume that everybody is going to be responsible as you in a group. And even just two or three people may have two, three different ideas of what it's going to be like. So you have to take care of yourself as far as being prepared, uh, as far as preparation and bringing the right things to your run. If you're going to be out for a few hours just make sure that you have enough to take care of yourself and maybe just don't expect them to have everything all together that you do because everyone's different, right? Before you leave in a group, communication is really important. Are you going to meet up in the same spot afterwards? Are, are you going to wait for the slowest runner? Are you all going to run together in a matter of the pace? Do you all have this, share the same pace? How many food breaks or, or breaks, rest breaks are you going to take? There's all these things to consider, so you you have to 
figure this out before you leave so that there's no miscommunication as you go because you don't want to lose someone along the way. And you all have to kind of know what trails you're taking because one wrong turn and you can lose someone for a long time on those trails. I love watching some of the videos on YouTube of these people who do through hiking on the Pacific Crest Trail and the Continental Divide and some Appalachian Trail too, but mostly those two. But there is there's this one hiker I've forgotten her name. She's amazing. She does she's done all three. But there was this one part of the Continental Divide that she was in with she was doing it with two of her friends, and they were in the south in the north part of New Mexico, and her friend got separated from them. And they're in northern New Mexico, Mexican mountains, and their friend got separated from them for like two days. <laughs> they couldn't find their friend. So they're, they're searching along this whole thing. They finally did find him, but for two days they were all separated. And they're doing the through hike of the, of the Continental Divide, and they couldn't find their friend for two days. So that would be kind of freaky. <laughs> I mean, I would be freaking out. She handled it better than I would, but... It, it, that would be kind of weird if you couldn't find someone because you got separated and didn't communicate that properly. And maybe they communicated that, okay, this guy goes off the trail and does weird things and maybe he'll meet up with us. I, I don't know, but it didn't seem like it. It seemed like he just wandered off and just didn't go the right way, so they had to spend extra time backtracking finding him, which probably didn't make anyone very happy. <laughs> Oh, her name in YouTube is Homemade Wanderlust, if you ever want to check check her videos out. She's pretty cool. I mean, she's done all three of the those massive trails, so that's pretty badass, if you ask me. Anyway, to be, get back to the subject. <laughs> you really have to take care of yourself. I mean, you got to look out. If you're going in a group, you have to look out for your partners, too, because... You're all in this together, but don't expect them to do the exact same you same thing you are, especially if you're very prepared. They may not be prepared. They may not even bring enough water, so just be aware of that. Bring extra water, <laughs> especially if you, if you have the car and they're in your car. Bring extra water. And just take care of each other and just make sure and communicate. And if you're on your own, check your supplies the night before you go make sure you have everything out before you go especially if this is like the first couple times you've gone on a long trail run if you haven't done it before check your supplies or you haven't done it right before i should say check your supplies the night before make sure everything is out lay everything out and just pack it you might even pack it or just have everything laid out so you pack it that morning and it's okay if you bring a few too many things Try bring a few too many things the first couple times and see if you need it. You may not need it. You may not have to have all that stuff. There may be a store like 10 miles in into your run that you can buy some food or, or some extra water. And that may be a really cool thing for you to run to. So you may not have to do that. But what happens if you run it that run there and that store is closed the day that you go? So you're SOL, right? Be prepared. Preparation. Preparation. If you are, I mentioned yellow jackets, right. If you've never been stung by a yellow jacket, I, I'm not sure really what to tell you. Just, I'm not, not going to say get stung, but just be aware and don't aggravate them. If you see a nest on the ground, try to go around it if possible. Try not to aggravate it. 
They they usually will leave you alone unless you bother their nest. They they like to burrow, nest on the ground. They'll only really bother you if you bother them. So leave them alone, and they'll usually leave you alone. Bears. If you live in bear country, you probably know it better than I do. The trails will usually be closed if there's bear activity on them. Mountain lions make a lot of noise, sing, bring a bell. <laughs> they don't like bells. Anyway, so have fun on the trails, though. Don't think that you're going to get hurt. Don't think that there's going to be... Don't think of what could go wrong. Just be prepared so if something does go wrong, you can handle it and you can take care of it. Good preparation is the key to not letting something happen. And when it does happen, it isn't quite as bad as it could be. And that's really the goal, isn't it? Preparation. All right, so have fun out there, as Coastal Trail Runs always says. If you want to check out my website, and please do, uh, don't forget, if you want to donate to the GoFundMe page for Rob Rhodes, please. And if you want to sign the petition to get races back in California, they'll both be on the website at MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. Also, if you want to give to Patreon, I would love that. And if you want to send me an email, it's MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. And until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run.